Welcome to Carpride Clearance's podcast series. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, August 11th, 2017. Our weekly guest is Andrew Albanese, Publishers Weekly senior writer, who joins me today from New York. Welcome back to Beyond the Book, Andrew. Hey there, Chris. Well, let's get started, and we have to turn back the clock to 2016, because this week, the Association of American Publishers released its final tally of book sales for last year, and the news is, well, I bet everyone listening can guess on the first try. So what's the sad story? Yeah. So as Publishers Weekly reported on Monday of this week, uh, better late than never, we'll say, total publishing industry revenue in the U.S. dropped by a pretty substantial 5.1% in 2016 over the previous year. But on the bright side, trade sales actually posted an increase. Uh, it was modest, but an increase of about 1.5%. So let's look at the bad news first. What drove industry revenues lower by over a billion dollars in 2016? Well, the big losers were education and scholarly segments and uh, K-12 through sales, which are off 9.2%. Higher educational course materials dropped 12.6%. And professional book sales took a a real big hit. They were down a pretty hefty 22.5%. Wow, those are eye-watering losses there. And I guess I have to ask you, so what's driving that? Why, Why are they happening in those categories? Well, the AAP offered a number of factors. For example, in the K-12 market, they noted that it was a, a down year for state textbook adoptions in large states. Uh, in the higher ed market, the dip was attributed to several factors, including students switching from print to digital educational materials and also lower enrollments uh, and also changes in student purchasing behaviors. That was in their press release, although uh, there wasn't much more insight into what those changing behaviors were. And, you know, students have been switching over to digital for some time now. The drop in professional publishing revenue was due, they said, to stagnant library budgets. Uh, And I find that somewhat puzzling because all the data that I've seen recently has been showing library budgets are actually trending upward. They're still not great, and they still have some ways to go before they recover from the, the last Great Recession, but better than in previous years. So it sounds more like library purchasing decisions were a factor here rather than library budgets. And on the trade side, Andrew, what led to the slight gain there? So within the trade group, sales from religious presses actually led the way with a 6.9% increase in the previous year. That was followed closely by a 6.7% gain in the children's and young adult fiction category. And, you know, we've talked a lot in the past on this show about what a hits-driven business publishing has become and how a big name or a big book can make all the difference. And that was really the case for YA books uh, in 2016. So J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child uh, sold more than 4 million units and offered a huge boost to the numbers there overall. Adult nonfiction was also a big winner in 2017. That was up just about 5%. And now the bad news. Uh, Adult fiction was the only trade segment in which sales actually declined in 2016. It fell a a pretty sizable 7.8% from the previous year. And again... That hits thing comes into play here. The AP cited the, the lack of a big new book as a key factor in the drop in sales. And as we've also discussed on this show in the past, so too was the inability of, of novelists, especially new novelists, to get media attention while the broadcast and cable networks are covering the presidential election. We're in the midst of a news revival here now with the Washington Post and the, the New York Times, for example, just dueling it out every day. But 
books are kind of getting lost here. Uh, as readers are spending more and more time reading news, uh, checking out current events, watching news, uh, and really less attention is being paid in the media to new books. And it's a complaint I hear from publishers pretty much every week here. But hey, on the other side, um, maybe all this crazy news is what's behind the, the rise in religious titles. You know, if it, if it feels like the end of the world is upon us, what better time for a little churching up, right? Right. So if anyone asks, have you read any good books lately? They might say the good book. <laughs> uh, but well, we've talked a lot on the show about print and its renaissance or supposed renaissance. What do the final numbers say about formats, print and ebook? Yeah, so the numbers confirm what we've been talking about pretty much all year, and that's that print sales are indeed on the upswing. Uh, sales of ebooks, on the other hand, as we've also been talking about, have declined sharply. So trade paperback sales were up about 5.4%. Hardcover book sales were up about 4.9%. Uh, ebook sales, on the other hand, fell for the third straight year in 2016. A pretty hefty slide, too, 16.9%. And those trends are actually highlighted by Simon & Schuster's recent results, which are also on the Publishers Week. Website now. Uh, they once again posted a great quarter with revenues up, I think, for this quarter on the order of around 10%, which is fantastic. Uh, you can read about that in the PW website, of course. Uh, and print is doing great there, but ebook sales, again, declining or flat. And digital audio is really the other part of the story. Um, it's been surging and once again surged in 2016, and it's really become a meaningful revenue stream for publishers. Sales were up by 20% in 2016, and they hit, I think, $643 million. That's the, the figure the AAP cited. And that's more than double what total industry sales were just five years ago in 2012. Pretty impressive performance from audio. Well, indeed. And as you say, very meaningful numbers for publishers. We've covered that story on Beyond the Book uh, with audio book uh, publishers and, and, and their service providers. And the sales uh, uh, of ebooks, though. So we talk about digital, digital audio does well, digital ebooks, text. Um, those are flagging in such a way that uh, publishers must be concerned, or, or are they not? Well, you know, it really depends on who you ask, right? There's this, there's the, the whole data guy, author earnings, and the self-publishing camp that insists that ebook sales are still on the upswing, but that digital readers are getting their titles via services like Amazon's Kindle Unlimited, uh, which are not measured by the AAP stats. And you know, I don't doubt that that's true. Though, to what degree it's true, I just can't say. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're really just talking about trade books from traditional publishers. Uh, and I'd point out a few things. Um, the first is that negotiations are actually now underway with Amazon for the next distribution contracts. So we should know very soon how publishers really feel about how the market between ebooks and print books is balancing out for them. And this is an interesting year. It's the five-year anniversary of the price-fixing sanctions uh, that were connected to the Apple case. Those have now expired, of course. Uh, it's the 10-year anniversary of the Kindle. And at some point, we have to just say, look, this is where the ebook market is. Now, whether that's at this point or not, I, I just don't know. But after this round of Amazon contracts, we should know a little bit more about how publishers are really feeling about the way the print and digital markets are balancing out. When Andrew Albanese returns, our weekly Friday coverage of the book world goes on a summer holiday to France. This is Beyond the Book from Copyright Clearance Center. Publishers Weekly Radio has the very best in book talk directly from New York City, the heart of the book publishing world. I'm Mark Rotella, Senior Editor at Publishers Weekly. And I'm Rose Fox. I'm a Senior Reviews Editor at Publishers Weekly. Join us every Friday for a full hour of exciting author interviews, best-selling books, and expert reports on the nuts and bolts of publishing. 
Every week, we make sure that you have the inside story of your favorite story. Take a listen at publishersweekly.com slash pwradio. I'm Christopher Keneally for Beyond the Book. It's Friday, August 11th, 2017, and we are looking at the news in book publishing for this week with Andrew Albanese of Publishers Weekly. And Andrew, we have listeners across Europe, and your attention will shortly turn there as preparations begin for Frankfurt Book Fair in October. That's right. You know, and I'm already deep into my preparations for the Frankfurt Book Fair and the show dailies and the, the features that we're doing there. And, you know, the, we've been talking about ebooks a lot here, but the international market for ebooks is really vastly different in Europe. You know, they have their own set of issues from VAT taxes to fixed book prices. Amazon, much different in Europe, the way it functions. You know, everything is different. And it's not clear that the lessons from one territory necessarily apply to another. And to what degree things like price carries the day when it comes to digital books, or as some observers have been saying here in the U.S., uh, digital fatigue is setting in, or this preference for print is, is actually driving ebook declines. Well, Andrew, I can bear witness to your assertion that things are different in Europe for booksellers and for readers. This summer, I'm working remotely from Paris, and I really find it such a pleasure to wander the streets and discover independent bookstores in almost every corner of the city. As you say, book prices here are set by publishers, and the prices cannot legally be marked down. The law effectively protects the bookstores from losing business to Amazon and other discounters. Now, this week, when I visited Fabrice Pio, editor-in-chief at Leave Hebdo, the French national publication that covers the book business, much as PW does, he explained that France is not alone in Europe in having fixed-price laws for books, and he doesn't feel that the fixed prices explain completely why print remains dominant. When it comes to reading for pleasure, the French stubbornly prefer analog over digital. The, the, the ebook sales are not so important. I mean, uh, uh, maybe in Germany it's six or seven percent. In France it's maybe four or five, but it's not so different. I mean, we are far from the twenty percent and more than you you reached in uh, that you reached in in US or in in UK. If we look at the the digital part of the market, I mean, in France digital was uh, eight point sixty five percent of of the whole uh, publishing um, sales uh, last year. But uh, 80% of this is coming from uh, the uh, academic and uh, professional publishing. So uh, if you look at uh, specifically at the trade part of the, the industry, uh, well, digital stays uh, small. So it's never been a question of uh, the revival of print in France. Print never went away. Yeah, that's right. There is no revival. It's just a resistance. I mean, print prints resists, and, uh, and digital has uh, many difficulties to, to, to develop. Now, the French may be stubborn when it comes to print, Andrew, but Fabrice Pio told me that French publishing is nearly as dynamic as its politics these days. My interview with him will run on Beyond the Book in coming weeks, and in it, he offers a preview of the Frankfurt Book Fair, where France is guest of honor for the first time since 1989. He said to expect plenty of politics mixed in with the publishing, and he gave me his reasons for thinking that the book business here has plenty to celebrate at a time when a new generation of authors and publishers is emerging. So anything yourself to share further about what you're looking for when we get back to Frankfurt this fall? 
Sure. Well, certainly digital is going to be a big deal there. And I would like to actually examine how the differences uh, from the ebook market in Europe and the print situation, independent bookstore support, would play here in the U.S. You know, I've actually supported the introduction of price-fixing laws here in the U.S., and not because I think price-fixing laws or fixed-price laws, I should say, are, are a good idea necessarily, but because at least that gets you talking about preserving the institutions and serving readers, etc. Right now, the conversation is about you know, monopolies and businesses and stuff. And I don't think it's really focused on the kinds of things. We're not having the discussion, I think, that we need to be have about what institutions culturally we want to protect or, you know, let business as usual take over here in the U.S. So certainly digital is going to be a big point of discussion for us in our Frankfurt Show dailies this year. But a couple of other things that I would point out, and one is that it seems to me there's a lot of great stuff already on the schedule at Frankfurt this year focusing on women in publishing uh, and women in tech-related fields. In fact, there's a panel uh, on the glass ceiling, which I believe is going to feature Copyright Clearance Center's Tracy Armstrong. I'm happy to share also that at our CEO panel this year, which I will once again be one of the interviewers, it's going to feature Simon & Schuster's Carolyn Reedy uh, and also Albine Michel's uh, Guillaume Derveux. As France is this year's guest of honor, uh, being in Paris now, I'm sure you know, and having spoken with Fabrice, you're quite familiar with what they've got going on over there. Uh, we'll save that for another day. But I'll just close by saying that this year's fair, I think, promises to be an important event, especially with all that's going on uh, in the world of politics, copyright, freedom of the press issues. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a vibrant show in Frankfurt this year. Well, indeed, as the world's largest publishing industry event, Frankfurt certainly does have it all, Andrew. I'll look forward to joining you there. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. And thanks for joining me on Beyond the Book today and every Friday. My pleasure, as always. Next on Beyond the Book, for universities around the world, parents and professors watch the school rankings as closely as any football fan. At consulting firm Outsell Inc., Joe McShay has reviewed the new Shanghai Ranking Survey of over 4,000 world universities, and she tells me that while prestige matters, the research funding that follows through the door is what really counts. Unless you have a thriving research and innovation sector, global positioning, national competitiveness and economic growth are all under threat. Global University Rankings, next on Beyond the Book. Beyond the Book is produced by Copyright Clearance Center, a global leader in content management, discovery and document delivery solutions. Through its relationships with those who use and create content, CCC and its subsidiaries Rights Direct to Nixis drive market-based solutions that accelerate knowledge, power publishing, and advance copyright. Beyond the Book co-producer and recording engineer is Jeremy Brisky of Burst Marketing. I'm Christopher Keneally. Join us again soon on Beyond the Book. Thank you.